0: Okay, ready? All right, five, four, unscripted. You got your script?
1: Shagamore Rye,
0: that's what we're doing. Okay, well, let's talk about that first. The first call close is not as common as it used to be 10 or 15 years
1: ago. His second sentence is, stop calling my voicemail, and I'm like, Andy, I I just can't do that.
2: The guy who just finished off his month at a half a million dollars. The top guy in that company is the number one follow-up guy.
0: Hey guys, uh, good to chat again. Another episode, another dose of brilliance from the two of you. I love our show, Two and a Half Experts. <laughs> is that like Two and a Half Men? It's Two and a Half Men, except we're Two and a Half Experts, right? So, but uh, I get by. I think uh, my uh, I have a sister who is Ivy League educated, NYU, UCLA, super smart, and uh, I don't know how smart she is, but really smart. But I always give her a hard time, like. I, I don't know about you, but I'm making the best of my eighth grade St. Tammany junior high education. I'm, <laughs> I'm milking it for every dollar it's worth.
1: <laughs> Hours of education for dollars produced. You're winning. Way, way. <laughs> way. Hashtag winning.
0: Hashtag winning. <laughs> Not getting tired of winning either. So, hey, guys, I was, I was thinking, well, two things. Number one, uh, first and foremost, g uh, what are we drinking here, man?
1: We got a little Sagamore rye. Sagamore And it's, uh, it, I believe it's from your neighborhood. Well, a little south. South, south of Philly, Inner Harbor, uh, Baltimore. 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 it's a Baltimore uh, whiskey, and uh, it's uh, it's strong. I mean, it's uh, it packs a punch. Yeah. But it's an outstanding uh, choice. Uh, Certainly goes well with the uh, the Partagas, and uh, still working on the Romeo Giulietti. Still still working on your Romeo. Yeah. But I would highly recommend that. Um, It's it's got a lot of flavor. It's an outstanding choice.
0: Yeah. It was funny when it came out of the box too, it was doing this dance with the smoke and the... And
1: the oh, that was the Ray Lewis thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the whiskey bottle was coming out. Of hey, uh, I want to talk about follow-up on sales leads. Uh, Drew, you've been uh, teaching sales training in this industry for decades. Uh, obviously, you've been consulting across the board and sales and business development, all those things. And of course, I wrote a book on mindset in sales. <laughs> New York Times bestseller. <laughs> number five. Did it number one uh but i want to talk about follow-up because i don't know about you guys and this is anecdotal it's not statistical but i kind of feel like in the last 10 years uh homeowners have more information than ever because of the uh evil thing called the internet most of it's inaccurate at least a good portion of it's inaccurate especially around pricing but they have the information Uh, they're more sophisticated than ever in general consumers are and i find that the one the first call close is not as common as it used to be 10 or 15 years ago i feel like like i lived and breathed and died on the one call close i hated follow-up but what i'm noticing in my company now and companies that i work with that follow-up is more important than ever and i actually just read a statistic uh that service titan had published that 48 only 48 percent of salespeople in our industry follow up even once after the initial call and that the average consumer purchases after five or six touches now that that could be marketing touches and telephone calls but people have to have five or six exposures to our company and sales guys aren't following up at all and i wanted to talk about the importance these days of following up on on your leads and, and you had a fantastic story about when you were selling right 25 years ago and I just, I want you to share that because I think it's so important and so valuable for our viewers, our listeners, that you share that story. And I'm gonna tell you guys one about our very own David Delgado as well.
1: Yeah, so um, I was uh, in Detroit, Michigan. I was working for uh, Lennox and uh, we, we weren't uh, doing well in the marketplace, so we needed some new dealers. And um, so my, my Lennox distribution facility was, at that time was about 18,000 square feet. And right across the street was, one of the largest contractors in the United States, and Bryant's third largest contractor uh, was a company called Andy Statewide. And they did um, basically all of Pulte's work uh, as well as a bunch of other work. And uh, his building was about 100,000 square feet. And he had this Bryant sign that stood there and it, at my office literally looked out at that sign. And they not
0: against Bryant, but they were the competition. Of the
1: I, yeah, Bryant <laughs> was the competition. Yeah, so I was working for Lennox. For some of
2: our younger listeners too, Pulte is a home builder.
1: Pulte, Pulte is <laughs> a big home still building. a home builder. And Andy did every Pulte home in the state of Michigan, and he had a market share in the state of Michigan of 33% as a contractor. Tens so of thousands of Andy homes. is the contractor. Wow. And so uh, when I got up there, I uh, just talking to my my sales group, and I'm like, well, why, why do we not do business with Andy Opaleski? That's the owner of the company. And uh, Andy has since sold the company and retired. But the uh, the 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 deal was well he's he's brian he's pulte and we just can't get there and so so i made it a mission it was one of these little goals that you set up and so i basically every friday my calendar reminded me to call andy so i called andy every friday and basically left him a voicemail and said andy you know really we just need a few minutes you're a lennox dealer you just don't know it yet and just give me some time and so uh, 18 months of every single friday went by and no, no response, nothing. And so persistence and follow-up uh, paid dividends. I was taking my wife to a Valentine's Day dinner. I was driving my scarlet and gray uh, Jeep in downtown Michigan. So that's, that's, a, that's a bold statement all by itself because those are Ohio State colors. And uh, these are the days when, for our younger listeners, this, there was no smartphone. The car phone was actually wired into the car. So I had this fancy Motorola car phone and it rings, it's like 6 p.m. And my wife gives me the wife stare like, right, you're not really gonna answer this phone call. And We're going to, yeah, we're going to Valentine's Day. And so I, I, I'm like, I, I have to take this call, I have to. So I pick up the phone and uh, Andy is on the other end. And I've, uh, Andy's voicemail and I, are, we have a personal relationship now. <laughs> so he, he opens the conversation with, do you know who this is? And I said, yes, sir, Mr. Op- Opaleski, I know exactly who this is. Thank you for the return call. His second sentence is, stop calling my voicemail. And I'm like, Andy, I, I just can't do that. I, if you give me 15 minutes, I promise you, I will leave you alone. And so uh, to, to really make a long story short, we did end up closing the deal. He gave us 15 minutes. Uh, that call, that sales call lasted about three hours. And uh, it was really just an opportunity for us to kind of present ourselves. So we ended up, you know, uh, closing the deal and we got, we got him moved over to Lenox. Uh He eventually, I helped him sell his business. Uh, he cashed out and uh, we're still friends to this day. But it took 18 months to even get a response. So that's and, follow up.
0: And, and, and dude, here's the thing. Most guys would have given up after seven or eight months or maybe even two or three. I don't know. Yeah. And of course, persistence is a lesson that we've all learned. In building your consulting business your hvac businesses whatever it's one of the hallmarks of success right persistence uh, but i find that it's so important in this sales game i read an article uh, this morning or last week rather uh, from a, a very well-known salesperson, not in hvac but in the industry sales industry and the interview would ask him how many times do you follow up he goes well, i follow up until i get a yes or a no so drew in your consulting and your training uh business that that you and and russ do Obviously you're working with, you know, over the course of your career, thousands of sales guys, but any one time, maybe dozens or hundreds. Um, What's kind of your advice to them on this whole concept of following up in relation to the one call close versus, you know, a a close later on in the deal?
2: That's a great question. And and this is a great topic. It's, you know, when I took over my family business in the nineties, it was, and taking over the sales department, it was the one change that i made because we were in new construction we i mean that's how my father built the business was really on new construction and we had to make a shift and when i took over the sales department uh, we weren't following up the leads and I, i i pulled up in the database the number of open leads right meaning hadn't sold and we hadn't basically closed it out with a code that says it was dead lost to a competition not doing anything you know something we had 500 and some open leads mm. over the course of like a year and a half right for the three guys that I you know That I inherited and so I just printed out the list now. This is back on the day of a wide carriage dot matrix printer Okay, <laughs> I was printing out like on a ledger paper uh, This you know this wide, you know, uh, they printed out sheet after sheet after sheet I gave them to the three guys and I said give me answers. Give me updates on all these leads And so they cleaned up everything and of course I knew that they were like some of it they just didn't know about. I hadn't you know, hadn't heard from them. They didn't probably call some of them back, but they called a lot and they they were actually able to resurrect some deals and, and get some business at a time in which we were slow. And so I saw that happen. And so that began that began the process of what I called the next contact report. And the next contact report started out monthly. And then we we drilled it down to two weeks. Then we drilled down to a week. Then we drilled it down to a day. Now we drilled it down to debrief after the call much like we do every service call, right? Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, is my, my dad's philosophy was, Drew, the more they sell, the more they make. Why do we gotta police these guys? And I said, because you domesticated them. They're not, they're not hunting anymore. Right. And you know, they, they focus on what's hot and not what's not. And we've got the two call closed down, which I think, like you said a minute ago, is something that has come back around. Today, I think more than ever, and I'm going to do a, a, a webinar on it this week, but the statistics bear out that only 20 to 30% of the people will buy on the initial visit, right? And 10% of the people aren't going to buy for you for any reason or no reason at all. So that would say to you then, 60 to 70% of the time, I should be doing a two-call close. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, is when I travel around, I do the EJI classes, I do my coaching. I, I've been into a couple of companies here recently during this whole lockdown thing and every single one of them I've talked to no less than 50 salespeople in these last couple of months brand new sales I've never worked with before every single one of them presents hundred percent of their quotes on the initial visit mm. and when I ask them how many what percentage of them do they close on the initial visit it's like around 25 to 30% they get the rest of it in either follow-up or the customer calls back but when you ask the guys you go and dig a little bit deeper right and you say how often do you follow up and they'll like, say like once or twice and then i get busy and they have my price if they're interested they'll call back we're so expensive if we don't get so expensive if we don't get it on the initial visit we're not getting we're not going to probably get it and so they tell themselves a story about you know not following up right and they don't and the funny thing is, is i say i i say to the people who do follow up i say have you ever has a customer ever told you that the only reason that you got the business is that you're the only one who followed up yeah and invariably everybody has these stories. And you're like, so so to me, there's like there's 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 something in there to be said yeah, yeah. about the follow-up. And so uh let me kind of bring this full circle and say to you this. I can go to a company, not generate one more lead, not spend one more marketing dollar, and I can double that business in a year.
0: And their lost leads.
2: On their lost leads. Yeah. All I have to do is implement lead tracking. Even if I don't touch the service department, if I just implement lead tracking. And, and basically follow it, like you said, from inception to death, cradle to grave, if you will, and lock it down and, and plug in my process of making sure these guys debrief every moment, every day, on everything. You schedule everything. You schedule phone calls, right? So we don't actually just schedule a go-back appointment. I'll schedule a phone appointment. And so you have to report in on a phone appointment. Well, I called them, I got a voicemail. Okay, I'm assuming the customer's not calling you back. So when are you calling them back? When are you emailing? When are you texting, right? you know when are you going to show up at the house and teach these guys you know this no secret that the guy in every company that i've ever worked with including several of my current clients the guy who just finished off his month at a half a million dollars the top guy in that company is the number one follow-up guy and and he will he will call them until they say stop calling me
1: so i have a question for you just along those lines so a lot of companies have moved to the service tech selling model. yeah, And so uh, we're a hybrid, so we do a little bit of both, but we we see our techs challenged when it's this hot. It's 111 degrees in Arizona. Is this not rehash leads? Is this not an opportunity for the software platform that you have? Yeah,
0: no, and and exactly. We're doing a thing with EGI right now that uh, EGI members can get 20% off a month off the subscription, but it essentially automates the entire follow-up process, right? (laughs) Once you go on your initial lead, if you don't close it, which by the way, it seemed like 10 years ago we were closing 40% 40% or so on the first call. Now it's 25, 30%. Yep. It's changing. And so you drop them in and it initiates a 14-day campaign. That campaign is value, 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 ask. So it sends them information from videos that we produce on choosing the right contract or a proper installation, then maybe an article from Department of Energy, whatever, and then like, hey, here's a $250 off coupon. But, but here's the thing. Here, to me, this is the real challenge. And by the way, rehaxleads.com, shameless plug. <laughs> but you can get, uh, actually go to the contractor marketplace at EGIA and buy it because you can save 20% uh, off the subscription rate indefinitely. It's not just the, for the first month, indefinitely. You take the average residential sales guy, runs, you know, 400 leads a year, hmm. whatever, maybe 500, closes, let's say that 30%. So he, clo- he gets 150 deals out of the 500. How many of those 350 people bought from somebody else? Right. And if we're not following up on a consistent basis, then we're going to lose an awful lot of business. And what I've noticed is like the best performing companies, they have entire rehash departments, right? They have a rehash lead coordinator. One of the biggest challenges we've all dealt with sales guys, they run the lead, they don't sell it. They don't want to turn the lead back in. They don't want to close it out. Oh, I'm going to call that guy back next week. I'm going to call that guy back next week. Well, what we started doing in my company is I built a new uh, tracking system for our salespeople. And there's two columns. There's your first call close rate and what we call the rehash rate, right? So now there's no disputing with the sales guy. If he comes back in and says, well, I'm still working it. Okay. But you didn't close it on the first call, did you? Cause that mm-hmm. was last night and <laughs> we don't have a deal yet. So it's closed for that purpose. And it goes in their first call close rate if they get yeah. it three or four days later. And of course the combination of those two things are the rehash rate. But what we're finding is just, as you said, 25 to 30% in the first call, another 10 to 15% or so on, on secondary, third, fourth calls, whatever it is. It's critically important. People are not buying as often on the first call. I believe because they're more sophisticated, more education than ever. Many of it, inac- much of it inaccurate mm-hmm. on the internet for sure. But we have to have a consistent process to follow up. And I've had lots of conversations with contractors When does that lead get turned over to rehash? Well, that's different for every company, but there has to be a standard, 72 hours, one week, whatever you want it to be. But if that lead belongs to the company, the owner of the company paid three or four or 500 bucks of that lead, right? The salesman doesn't own it, right? They're leasing it (laughs) and they get some money, but whatever that time is, and, and we'll give them 72 hours, then it goes back in the rehash, and we're gonna work it now. The salesperson still get some commission if we sell it later. Some, some, some commission. I don't want to beat them out of it, but you know, a lot of guys know that the rehash people will work it harder than they can because they don't have time. Like you said, service technicians they don't have time right. to follow up. Right. They get overwhelmed. They got a stack of numbers, you know. And again, that's where we talked about this on a, a previous episode of uh, Unfiltered. You got to have systems and technology to track that stuff. Yes. And that's what rehash does. It allows you to keep track of all those lost leads. Every time somebody watches a video, every time somebody interacts, the salesperson gets a notification, right? So now I know who to follow up with, right? That's a clue. They just watched the video. They just opened a coupon, right? Let me call them back. Whatever you do, whether you do it manually, I just did a show for this for EGIA, which will come out, I think in the second week of June. Um, So it'll be on the EGIA website about the rehash process, whether it's manual and just doing it the old school way or using technology doesn't matter, but we got to follow up. Uh, uh, One quick story I want to tell you guys about our very own David Delgado, who is a part of the EGA team and uh, does mostly work with distributors and manufacturers, but some contractors as well. So he used to work for a company out in Las Vegas called Lightspeed, and Lightspeed builds learning platforms. Years ago, and when I had the HVAC Sales Academy, I wanted to build this platform, this online training platform. And I, I found the company, I talked to this guy, David Delgado. This was probably in 2013, something like that. And Uh, It was very expensive to build a platform. So I decided "Ah, I could probably do it for less money myself. So I hired some programmers, Bill and Justin, who still work with EGI today, and they built the platform. It turned out to be just as expensive because it took them a long time to build it and manage it and all those things. Uh, But when I sold that platform to EGIA, I wanted to build another sales training platform for my new book, Consistency Selling. Uh, General sales, not HVAC sales. Uh, And I needed a new learning platform. This time I called David Delgado back and he jokes about this day. It took him four years to close me on that Lightspeed deal. And I'm telling you that four years I heard from him at least, I'm going to say eight to ten times a year, every couple of months he would call. Hey, how you doing? And half the time it was about football or it was about hockey, hockey. or whatever. Yeah, he yeah, he's a hockey nut. And just these just different relationship building things he would do. And four years later, when I decided I'm going to build a platform, who do you think I called? You know, and it was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar purchase to, to build that platform. So you might not hang in there four years on a on a sales lead. But if if you're closing 30 or 40 percent of your deals, that's hundreds of no sales. Somebody's getting those deals. We gotta follow up. I don't care how you do it. Yeah. Grind the phones, knock on doors, use technology, doesn't matter, but you gotta follow up.